everyone, and welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by Ariel. Hey, everyone. And John. How you doing? Are you hanging by a thread, just swinging through life all stressy and depressy? Well, today's product might just be for you. You know, just keep calm and hammock on. Will the sharks take a bite or will they leave these founders hanging? It's a real cliffhanger, I know, but we'll tell you all about it after we pay some bills. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you met at a networking event. Was it Ron or could it be Don or John? Maybe Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, in the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together in one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs and a full 360 view of every customer. So your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive revenue and retention. And you know what that means, better service and happier customers at every stage of their journey. Visit hubspot.com service so you can do more with your customers today. Today in the tank, we have yellow leaf hammocks. And yellow leaf hammocks are brought to us by founders Rachel and Joe. And they are asking for $400,000 for 7% in their business, which is approximately, give me some leeway, $5.7 million in terms of valuation. Now, yellow leaf hammocks is, quote, a cocoon like, no wobble designed hammock. That's really trying to solve the problem that there's not enough relaxation in your life. You got emails, you got 24-hour news, Slack messages, text messages. We're all overwhelmed. John, do you call yourself busy, have a hectic schedule, or rushed, or all above? What's your favorite way to say you're busy? Oh, uh, hectic. Hectic. What about you, Ariel? What's your taste, your flavor of busy? Busy. Busy. You're a busy gal. I hate being Anywho. rushed. Don't rush me. <laughs> yeah. Rush is not fun. That's don't the rush me. If you're thing. listening, like, I don't want to be rushed. No rushing. <laughs> well, this is the hammock for you. So this is supposed to be the world's most ridiculously comfy hammock, and essentially, it is a woven hammock, super soft. But also, one of the products that we see is what's called a hammock throne. Yep, a hammock throne. Sounds like a toilet. No, it's a toilet. It's very relaxing. Squatty hammock. Talk about a way to do your business. <laughs> a squatty hammock. But it's like this contraption where you can like hang your hammock up inside or outside, and it can extend to fit a seven foot person. Has a three feet diameter, and it swivels. I feel like just ah, uh, I am the persona for this. But thinking about our product, our pitch, and our founders. How are you feeling about yellow leaf hammocks? Are you the persona jury? Yeah. Do are you have $2,200 to spend on a hammock? Yeah. If I had that just like in my pocket right now. So you're now, not the persona. You are validating the customer need, mm. but you are not actually the persona. Well, probably not the persona, but you know. I have multiple hammocks, so okay. we'll see. This could okay. be an aspirational product for me, John. Don't squish my well, dreams. Why don't you take the lead, Jory? <laughs> yeah, so what do you what think? Tell me. I don't do have a single for? hammock. Yeah. Put me on the spot, guys. Okay, so actually, I loved this product. The retail price of $149 to $300, honestly... I saw nothing wrong with this. Granted, I might have to save for more of a hammock throne, but I love this. And then they were lovely. Their origin story was lovely. I think they could do fun things with marketing. This was a yum. This was a, a vitamin. 
vitamin. (laughs) (laughs) But what are your thoughts? I'm curious from the non-hammock users. You know, I appreciate when a founder can call out that competition within market can offer like a lower price point for other hammocks. Sure. I really appreciate it when Rachel and the upfronts like, yeah, you can get something for $30 on Amazon, but the quality isn't the same. Mm-hmm. So I think they did a really good job teeing up their points of like reasons to believe. And I was actually surprised that the pricing was so competitive <laughs> within the market. I was expecting it to be higher for the fact that it's having that social impact and that sure. cause-based marketing tied into it. I think my hesitancies is more so just the social impact Mm -hmm. piece, right? Which is fair commentary (laughs) on where this is going. (laughs) Right. It gets made for $44. It can be sold up to $2.99. I feel like so many businesses, when they do try to go after the social impact, Mm -hmm. they more often than not have a little bit more visibility into what that looks like. It just felt like to me, essentially, they're just outsourcing their work, which the Mm -hmm. companies do, and they put a marketing spin on it saying that it's social good which Mm -hmm. kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. So I am out for those reasons personally. Do you remember we covered this segment and it was the Sarah Oliver handbags, right? The pearlettes. And it was the pearlettes. (laughs) And I agree, Ariel. I was with this company until we got to the manufacturing logistics because I think that there is... Something to be said about walking the line of having economic development programs and really empowering communities with certain skill sets. I think that's great. I think this started to toe the line of like a little exploitative in terms of having high quality goods potentially manufactured at a low price point and then marking it up so high. I think that part of that could just be part of the storytelling and the slice that we were given. But it did kind of raise a flag because I was like, I remember those handbags and those grandmas were working themselves literally to death in their nursing home. And this started to feel similar in flavor. I didn't think about that at all. I think the lens that I would personally view whether this is social good or not is whether or not they're paying dramatically above market rates Mm -hmm. in a local market. The problem with the handbags was it ended up working out to like way below minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Fair. Like it was actually an actual legal violation of workers' rights. Justice for grannies. I actually have no idea (laughs) what the average salary that somebody in that market where they're producing these hammocks can make and whether this is 100% of that, 200% of that, 300% of that. Is this a really profitable job for somebody there? And if it is, Mm -hmm. I think that's incredible. Like, And unless they drive the cost to rock bottom, it will continue to be social good. Now, could it be stronger? Could you say we also donate a percentage of proceeds? Yes, I think that would make the message much stronger. But I think without the context on the local market rates, Mm -hmm. To me, I viewed it as you're giving women in these communities the opportunity to become entrepreneurs, basically, and build businesses where they and their communities produce things for an above market rate and can actually make nice economic returns on it. And I kind of like that. No, definitely. I think that the piece that I was looking for is that there just seemed to be a disconnect between, you know, Joe goes on this backpacking trip to this remote Thai island and feels this soft hammock and then realizes this community has this development program and then uses that as the basis of his business. It seemed like from the thousand foot view, This person goes to Thailand, sees something that they can take advantage of and create an entire business around and then comes back and then raises the rates of what they're selling it for. So there just seemed to be like a little bit of a disconnect. I agree. And I think for me, it's just the fact that it's so rooted in their marketing, but yet again, could just be the editing and they don't have anything more, you know, structurally in place besides just wages. 
Anyone can go to an underdeveloped place and pay them above market rate, but it's not a strong enough benefit or reason to believe necessarily. What were your thoughts about the branding? Granted, it's a name that tells you what it is, but I just wish that there was a little bit more oomph to the name. I thought it was very clean Mm. branding. I think it does a really good job of emphasizing how polished and elevated this is. Mm. I think there's going to be some challenges from the B2C side because you're essentially selling an experience or feeling. Mm -hmm. That's always so much more difficult to express through visual media. Better doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a perfume commercial. I don't know what it smells like, but you're selling me a lot right now. It's kind of that (laughs) But Natalie Portman's going to tell you what it's Exactly. (laughs) My thoughts on it are, number one, I don't think the name Yellow Leaf is particularly good. It doesn't tell me anything about Mm -hmm. it. And to me, my experience is leaves only turn yellow for two reasons. Number one, you overwater a plant and it's about to die. (laughs) Or number two, it's the fall and winter's coming and they're about to die. (laughs) It's like dying leaf hammock is kind of another way to think about that name. In terms of their go-to-market, I would totally drop the throne. Or go all in on the throne. You can't do both. Right. Mm-hmm. Selling a $150 hammock to take on an outing outdoors is totally different from selling a $2,500 piece of furniture to right. install in your home. I think it's a different persona, entirely different go-to-market. One is a much more considered purchase and one is much more of a transactional purchase. So I would drop one and I would focus. Mm-hmm. You all know I really love focusing on single products versus multi-product portfolios. You don't say. Product like growth? What? <laughs> you got to focus. Focus, everybody. And then depending on that, yeah, you've got to build an aligned go-to-market to support whatever your product and your persona is. If you're selling the throne, I think you need a lot of premium placements. You probably need to end up working through a retailer of some kind. Like a crate and barrel or a crate something. crate and barrel or a pottery barn or mm. something like that in order to get the actual distribution on it. Because I don't think people like buying $2,500 pieces of untested furniture through the internet. And if it's just a hammock, then I think you just need to get into a volume and brand game. Mm -hmm. And you need to have the best ratings on Amazon. You need everybody to leave a review. Mm -hmm. You just do the block and tackling of like good modern digital marketing. And I think you could win. So while they've made $1.3 million to date, half of those sales were direct to consumers, but half of them were through these strategic partnerships. So they were really trying to get into Virgin store, but then also sell to Virgin cruise liners. So what was your take on them going into resort? Resorts first. It's no scale. Mm. Do you think 50,000 people take a Virgin Cruise a year? Yeah, sure. Let's say 100,000. Let's be generous. Okay. What sure. percent of those people you think are going to buy a hammock? After laying in one, maybe like 1%. 1%. Maybe yeah. 1%. Okay. So, 1% you know, like, conversion. It's not great. You just like, you can't scale that way. So, I think that's a total nice to have. If Virgin came to them and said, we want to feature them, we're looking for a hammock provider, great. You do it. It's awesome. It's not how you're going to get most of your scale. Well, we got some sharks that were really excited about this. We had Daniel, Lori, and Robert kind of go into a bit of a bidding war where there was a first offer, second offers. But we ended up with a massive deal. So Daniel ultimately offered a million dollars for 25% of this business. At first, he had tried to take 33% of their business. They were able to counter and kind of talk him down to 25%. But it was a massive Shark Tank deal. And he snagged it over like Lori, who was trying to give them loans and be like a really good strategic partner. And Daniel said... I'm not going to be kind. I'm just going to take this deal. So ultimately, Yellow Leaf Hammocks came away with a Shark Tank deal with guest shark Daniel. I was surprised. I struggle to see it so much. I don't Same. I don't know. Yeah. It's like they have a short runway with that partnership. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like first time in Shark Tank history, entrepreneurs walk in 400K, ask, and they walked away with a million dollars, like just insanely above what they were asking. But I have an update. 
Yellow leaf hammocks very much still around. If you're interested in the throne, I did some shopping yesterday. Oh. It's on sale today just for you, John, for $2,999. Ooh. That said, yellow leaf hammocks is very much still around. They're selling about 4,000 hammocks a month, and they currently employ over 400 weavers, giving back over $2 million back into that community. And it's exciting because we have an update that some of the weavers' children are actually going to college thanks to the company's social impact mission. So for all we were a bit skeptical, you know, they're doing some good. Now, there are yellow leaf hammocks for sale in the retail store of Virgin Cruise Ships, and they will reach $20 million in lifetime sales this year. Selling a lot of hammocks. They're hanging in there, if you will. They are. They are. (laughs) They're not relaxing, that's for sure. Create Like the Greats, hosted by Ross Simmons, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each episode hosts an in-depth analysis of some of the greatest creations and creators of all time, along with deep dive conversations on the creative process that went into building companies and brands. If you like learning about history or learning about the creative process, you'll like this podcast. Listen to Create Like the Greats wherever you get your podcasts. 